Friends, our second lesson today comes to us from the 12th chapter of Luke's Gospel, verses 13 through 21, and then picking up again at 32 through 34. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But Jesus said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then Jesus told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do, for I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared... Whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. So do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out and unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, there is no such thing as preaching without your Holy Spirit in every word that is shared. Be in my mouth and my words. Take this meager effort and make it of you. And be in all of our hearts and minds that we may hear you speak to us this day. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In my, I guess, over two decades of ministry, I have seen many times families that are torn apart by an inheritance. Families that you may have thought were close are suddenly divided And there are probably as many different reasons as there are people why that happens. But when it really comes down to it, it's that someone wants more of something and the other person doesn't want to give it. And so there are many cases where the family just divides and they are no longer family with each other. This possession, this wealth has torn them apart. And that's what we have in this passage beginning here with Jesus. Now, it's interesting because right before this passage in Luke's gospel, Jesus has been teaching the people, do not fear death. He tells them, do not be afraid, for death is something that we will all experience, and God has claimed us each, and because God has claimed us, we have nothing to fear. And so right after that, this person raises his hand and says, teacher, Tell my brother to give me half of his inheritance. Now, there are a couple of things going on in this question and the answer that Jesus gives. The first is this. 
The person asking the question, by nature of asking it and by how he addresses Jesus, basically just sees Jesus not as the Son of God or the Messiah, but as a teacher. He's just asking him a question that anyone would normally ask a rabbi. There are laws given in Deuteronomy about what should happen with an inheritance. Typically, the firstborn gets a double inheritance because they have more responsibility with the family. And so at this time, whenever there was a dispute between families, they would come to the rabbi, to the teacher. I'm really glad this isn't the process anymore. They come to the pastor and they say, tell us what should happen here. Tell my brother to give me half of his inheritance. This is someone who clearly wants more. And Jesus tells him to quit worrying about possessions, that possessions get you nowhere. And we know that Jesus is very much concerned about relationship, about families and people who love one another. And so when this man comes, he says, let me tell you a story. There was a man who had so much stuff. He tore down his barns just so he could build new ones and keep more stuff. And just when he had all this stuff, it was his time to die. And all of his stuff was given away. Jesus reminds this brother who wants more, who wants more than what he is given, he reminds him that there are bigger concerns, that we are all a people who live and who die, and that we are to be concerned more than anything else about our relationship with God. This whole sermon series on generosity has been a week-by-week study of all the ways that God is generous with us. God is generous with forgiveness and grace. God is generous with salvation, opening it up to all who will call on the name of Jesus Christ. God is generous over and over again. And in every week when we've studied the scripture, what we've also found is that we are a people who constantly worship things other than God. We are a people who get distracted. We are a people who think that if we have enough wealth, we'll be secure. If we have enough stuff that somehow we can finally relax. And God says, and you know this, yes, that there's no amount of stuff, there is nothing that you can worship that will bring you the soul-deep peace that we all long for. And the only thing that can do that is our relationship with Almighty God. Jesus says here, be rich in God. Don't worry about more wealth and more stuff. Instead, figure out a way to get more of God in your life more of an experience of God, more of an understanding of who Jesus Christ is, how Jesus works in the world, and who Jesus is calling us to be. That's what it means to be rich in God. And I don't think for any person it's that we don't want to be rich in God. It's that we often don't know how. I never have a better plan for how I'm going to run my day than when I wake up in the morning. And it seems to work until my feet hit the ground. Right, And then that plan I made the night before about what I'm going to do with my prayer and what I'm going to do with my devotion, it just all goes away because I get up and I start reacting. Right, I just react. I react to the fact that we've gotten up late and I need to get girls to school. 
I react to the fact that the dog has had a mess right in the middle of the floor and so there'll be no prayer today. I've got stuff to do. We all know that we want to be a people who are rich in God. We all plan. We all value. But we've got to figure out how to do it in the moment. And the answer is so unexciting. The answer is about discipline, about spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines are those things that we do over and over again as a routine that bring us closer to God. Some spiritual disciplines are about what you take out of your life. Fasting was an incredibly large part of the early church. To fast was a way to remember that our life and all of our appetites should be given over to God. That's something that you might take away from your life in order to grow closer to God. And then there are things that we add to our life that allow us to grow closer to God. Things like Bible study, prayer, meditation, all of those things, a conversation with a trusted friend. Those are the things that help us grow closer to God. But the problem is that none of these things are transactional. It's not the kind of thing where you pray five days, God will give you X, Y, or Z, right? It's not that if you fast for a month, you will become a spiritual giant. It is a slow process, and that's actually God's grace. It is God's grace that the process is slow, and I'm afraid none of us would do it because it would be so frightening. But when we engage in spiritual disciplines over and over again, over the course of our lives, over the course of years and decades, we hopefully find that we are richer in God than we were before. I was thinking about this a couple of weeks ago. I've been a part of um, a preaching group for about four years now. And we are the first group to go through this program. So all eight of us have had two retreats a year, a monthly like two-hour phone call. We critique each other's sermons. We want to be better preachers. And so for four years, we've worked on this. And starting last year, I started teaching a new group. So a couple of weeks ago, all of the groups were together. There were probably about 40 or 45 of us. And I was asked the question, what I've learned over the course of those four years. And you know, I used to think in the beginning of my ministry that I had to study for hours and hours every day in order to craft a sermon. I mean, I spent so much time poring over commentaries and different translations of the Bible, and that was good for me. I learned a lot, but it didn't make me a great preacher. And then there was a time where I thought it was all about delivery. It was the way I said the words. If I said them in the right way, if I did it just right, maybe, maybe that would make me a great preacher. And you know what? It didn't. And the truth is that whether I do a good job or not, my calling is the same as yours. And that's that I have to work on building a soul that is open always to the Lord God and is growing closer to God. Because unless I work, and when I use that term loosely, right? Unless I do those spiritual disciplines that will hopefully allow me to grow closer to God, I can say it as pretty as I want, and I can give you all the facts, and it's still not the word of God preached for God's people. That's what I've learned 
that my calling is the same as yours, and that is to grow rich in God over the course of my life so that I can offer God to others. Now, I find that a little terrifying because I'm a perfectionist and I like to get things right. And there's no getting it right. There's only coming back day after day, sometimes with a broken spirit, sometimes with a full heart, and offering it to God again and again in my prayer, in my meditation, in my study, and trusting that God will build something with that. You know, I don't know that the world needs smarter people. And I don't know that the world needs more gifted people. But the world definitely needs deep people. People who are deep and have a well of experience with God inside of them. People who have been broken and still drawn closer to God. People who know that there is right and wrong and there's also a whole lot of gray because there's a whole lot of brokenness in the world. We need deep people to redeem humanity, to invite Christ into all that we have and make something more of what we are. That's my calling and it's yours. And it begins with the very simple steps of discipline. So with all that, I'll tell you that our new service on Thursday nights, part of what we hope to do there is introduce a new spiritual discipline every Thursday. And we'll try it together in community, and then you can try it on your own. And some you may like, and some you may not. But if we take seriously the call that we are to grow rich in God, we have to try new things, remembering, too, what Jesus said in that passage, which is, God desires to give you the whole kingdom, all of it. God desires to give you peace and love and grace. You've just got to be open. And that's what we'll practice together. Thanks be to God and amen.